Welcome to the ETOP Podcast with your host, Richard Walsh. I'm a 30-year business-owning veteran, creator of the ETOP Academy, and best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, the contract's new way to scale, regain control, and fast-track growth while loving life. My mission to help 10,000 business owners create the freedom in their lives to do what they want, when they want, and still be massively successful. Now, let's hit our topic for the day. All right, ETOP Podcast. I am here with my guest, Matthew Turner. Matthew Turner is an author. Upcoming book is Beyond the Pale. Here's the reason why I'm excited to have Matthew on, because he kind of focuses on escaping the hustle. Okay, great way to put it. And really questioning what success is to you. Of course, we talk about this often on, on the ETOP podcast that, you know, success comes in a lot of different forms, right? It's not always about a dollar amount. It's not always about, you know, well, I call it real estate, you know, how big your business is, everything else. There's a lot of different avenues to this. And I, I, I can't wait to talk about Matthew's perspective on this and his new book. So as always, with no further ado, Matthew, come on board. How are you doing today? Richard, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to this because this is a this is a fantastic topic. And I love that we're going to talk about your book and what you how you've written this book. Um, so it's it's nonfiction fiction woven together you know we call it a fable and it's I, I love it on business and so we're going to get into that but first thing what I want you to do is just kind of give us a little background on you bring us up to speed where you're calling in from you know the whole story how you got to where you're at today and then we'll move on from there of course well as you say my name is Matthew Ted and I am an author write books and various other articles and content for myself and I also do a certain amount of ghostwriting for clients. I'm calling in from Yorkshire which is in the north of England where I've lived the majority of my life. Fewer trips across the ponds to northern Kentucky and Ohio where I spent several summers and it was actually during my time at camp where I discovered a love for writing. My background isn't in writing. I didn't really study it or anything. It was in marketing and strategy from an educational point of view. But writing, I guess, found me around about 21 years of age. And bit by bit, I just found myself going deeper down its rabbit hole. And one book led to another and to another. And these days, it's very much my vocation, my passion, my my craft and it's something which i'm committed to continue to master long into the future i love that that's great yeah it's you know it, it does surprise us sometimes where we end up right and what do you i mean <laughs> it's always oh, so yeah. well if i if, if i listen to the people educating me as a youth and what i was going to be i'd be probably in jail <laughs> you know so Instead, I got, you know, there's a big turnaround. So who knows, right? We never know. People try to make these little predictions, but you never know what's really going to trip that trigger uh, and find your passion, right? It kind of kind of sounds like that happened to you. And then, man, you just start down that road. And when you love it, you just kind of get in deeper and deeper and become an expert. And then here you are. Absolutely. Had you spoken to 20-year-old Matthew and said, one day you're going to be a writer, he would have just have said, no, you're insane. Because... I always I wasn't like an avid reader growing up. I, uh, I I always struggled with grammar and 
this sort of language side of, of English. But I but I was always compelled by stories. I always had a pretty vast imagination. It was it's that kind of what I've tapped into. But yeah, it was uh, a fight over the years. I always kind of still wanted to fight that pull toward writing and figured, you know, it wouldn't be for me. And it would always just be this little side hustle, this little side project, this little hobby of mine. But yeah, I found myself gravitate toward it more and more as the years have gone on. And it's crazy to think how it's brought me to where I am over the last sort of 15 plus years. Yeah, it's it's I'm very similar to you. Uh, I love to creatively write. Mm. Didn't care about the structure of writing and the, you know, again, the, the English, the, the grammar, all that stuff was not my thing. I just was super creative from a very young age. And that was kind of my escape. And I would write a lot, you know, and then on and off as I grew up, but then started businesses and I did my businesses and everything else. And then I was doing businesses and then started writing again, saying, hey, I've done so much in business. Let me write about it. So I did like you. I started blogging articles. I'm like, well, it's time to write a book. You know, let's write yep. a book. I always wanted to write a book, so I read a book. You know, now I'm working on a second book. You know, so once you get one, you kind of get the itch. And now my, my son is encouraged, like, Dad, where's the second book? Because he's writing a lot <laughs> now. He's 16, and he's he's really into writing. He's writing some amazing stuff and uh, really studying the craft, which I'm proud of him for that. But he's he's reminding me, like, hey, 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 it's been like a year. Where's another book? <laughs> you know, so, you, know I, that's, you don't get better motivation than that. You know, your kid's kicking your butt. That's a good thing. So, you know, I love it. But let's talk about where this, uh, on, on, your, on your latest book, uh, Beyond the Pale. Let's kind of dive into that. Let's talk about, you know, the premise. You know, what, what really motivated you to do this? How come you, you decided to write it the way you did? That's what I'm interested in. Sure. Well, my writing began with fiction, so I suppose my, my love affair of writing has always been rooted in fiction and writing kind of coming-of-age stories, which in the early years was featured, you know, young 20-somethings because I was a young 20-something myself. And, but then I also really got into nonfiction largely because I was interviewing a lot of people for various different podcasts and uh, another book which I wrote a couple of years ago called Success Mistake. And I found myself really loving, like you're doing now, interviewing me, you know, just speaking to other people, hearing their stories and helping bring their stories to life, either in the form of an article or bringing a collection of stories together inside of a book or a collection of articles, or whatever it may be. So I had this love affair in the background with fiction. I read it and I wrote a few novels bit by bit, but I also had this ever-evolving love of interviewing other people and trying to create narrative-driven nonfiction. I've never been into the dry side of nonfiction where it's all about teaching, it's all about education. I still feel like there needs to be a narrative. So I had this urge I suppose is what you could call it for quite a number of years where I dreamed of one day writing a book which would somehow bring the two together fiction and non-fiction and I found myself reading books like The Alchemist and becoming inspired and seeing that it was possible and I started working on a, another book for a different client where I was just doing marketing strategy I wasn't ghostwriting the book or I had anything to do with writing but it was a business fable not hugely narrative it was more non-fiction than fiction but it was still very much a fictional tale and it involved the two so I started to realize wow this is possible 
I could write a novel for today's online driven entrepreneur, that person who is in their mid 20s or early 30s or late 30s or in you know 40s and 50s these days, but anyone who's very much consumed and is involved in the online world, be it online marketing, online business, whatever it may be. So I had an urge to do it. And then the idea of beyond the pale kind of started to just drip feed into my life. It wasn't like an aha moment as such. It was just each day I found myself getting a little bit closer to this potential character who became Ferdinand. And then it was probably about two months before I found out I was going to be a father for the second time when I really kind of rooted into this idea of, okay, yes, I know what Beyond the Pale is. I didn't understand all the details at the time, but I knew this overarching premise of a successful Silicon Valley entrepreneur who on the outside looking in had everything and he himself figured he had everything. But as he dug a little bit deeper and he began to question what success truly meant to him, he realized he had no idea. And more so, he realized he was very much caught in this hustle culture that I think, to a degree, we all are because we're constantly connected to our phone, to our laptop, to other people. And he began a journey, which, well, he just went around the world, spoke to several different people who inspired him to look at life in a slightly different way. And these people who he speak to are people I spoke to in real life, people who inspired me on my journey. I managed to coerce them into sharing their story, sharing their insight. So it's a fictional tale, but it's very much set in the real world, featuring real people. And yeah, he starts to question things, peels away one layer after another, and it brings him to the end of a book where he has a sort of answer. I like that. Yeah, it's, it is a journey. You know, it's, what's funny, Matthew, is... As we reach different levels of success, then you talk to other people who say they haven't achieved your level of success, right? Or they're just beginning or whatever the case. I always found that, you know, then you're telling them, like, you reach a certain level of success. And you know what? I thought it was this. It really isn't. You know, really success is this and this. And you know what their response usually is? Well, could I just get to the real success part that you had? Then I can decide on my own. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they don't want, they, 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 they still have this idea of what success is, which we all seem to fall in that trap. You know, it's like, like, it's like, you know, rich people telling poor people money isn't everything, you know, well, that's easy for you to say you had the money, right? Let me, you know, let me, let me find out for myself, you know, give me the money, then I'll let you know how I feel, you know? So it's funny how you get to that level. Then the people at a different place, like you're kind of, they kind of don't believe you, you know, it, yeah. it is that journey. It takes kind of going and getting there for it to really kick in and be reality. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, there's certain things which I, at least it's clear to me what success isn't, but it's really difficult to fully comprehend what success is because it's very personal from person to person. And depending on where you are in life, success will look really different. You know, I mean, I'm in my mid thirties now. I have two kids. Success for me today looks and feels different to what success would look like if I could, you know, transport back to when I was 22 and, you know, single and still had you know, my twenties ahead of me. And I imagine if I was able to fast forward to when I'm in my mid forties or mid fifties or mid sixties, success would look different still. So we go through various chapters in life 
And I don't think success as this, you know, wayward entity is ever concrete. It's ever set in stone. You can have a vision, you can have a, a destination in mind, but the journey will take you where the journey takes you. But I think it always comes back to just having a good understanding of what success isn't. And it, and it, and it is thing, you know, those standard things which we're led to believe is, you know, like money, like a car, like a, a salary, like a, a job title. It's not to say none of those things are important and can't be part of the journey, part of the motivation. But if you're always defining success as this thing, this amount of money, this size of business, then the, the idea of always chasing something, you, you're basically just chasing that carrot on the end of the stick and you're never getting quite close enough that story comes into to being. Whereas if you dive deep, figure out what success actually means to you right now, then it gives you something more real to attain and, and strive toward on a daily basis. But like I say, just because you dive deep, figure out what success means to you, doesn't mean that it will remain that forever because you are on a journey and you never know who you're going to meet. You never know where you're going to end up. You're never going to know. I mean, like we began this interview. I go back 15 years. I couldn't comprehend the idea of being a writer one day. But here I am 15 years later, and I couldn't comprehend not being a writer. But that's the thing. In 15 years' time from now, I might not be a writer. I could be doing something else. My life could look really different, and it would be difficult to comprehend that now. But that's part of the journey. That's part of the, the fun. Yeah, very true. I think, I think you're you're spot on with that because you know I we've all again I'm older than you. I'm 55 now, so I'm at that level, right? So I've been through multiple levels of success and failure, you know, and and they've changed each time. Each time I go back to the level of success, it's completely different. You know, the meanings change for me big time. You know, in 08, 09, things really changed for me in my business of 20 years. Everything changed. And the meaning of success became a whole new thing, you know, that was heaped upon me, you know, but at the same time, you know, kind of forcibly, but at the same time, I had to reevaluate, keep my head above water, restart, get going. But that's when I took that deep dive because I didn't take the deep dive as a, you know, 19, 20 year old kid out of the Marine Corps, going to start my own business. I'm going to, you know, that was all about success was being the most well-known, building the best thing and making a ton of money. Right. That was like, that was my success. And boy, it's funny. Like I look back now and I look back now and go, I'm trying to tell my kids, don't, don't just skip that part. Okay. Just, <laughs> just skip that part. You'll be way happier. You know, let me, let me tell you yeah. what's important. Just take it from your old man here, you know, cause I started having kids late. You know, didn't have my first until 39. So, you know, I got, I got some wisdom to share. So I'm like, I'd like them to kind of skip that part. That's not, that's a dog chasing his tail. Okay. You got, you got to have a better purpose, right? You need to have, for me, a lot of success and tell me, I know you've interviewed a lot of people and stuff, but when people get a real purpose, I think that helps define their success better too. Do you find that? Yeah. I I was just writing an article earlier and one of the lessons in it was purpose over passion. A lot of times I think we, we try to build a business in particular based on a passion or we try to think about what we're passionate about and see where that takes us. And it can take you a certain way. But if you have a choice between passion and purpose, purpose all the time. And passion will tend to find you once you find that real purpose. Because, yeah, purpose is everything. It's the difference between going an inch deep and a mile deep. 
It's a difference between having a true impact on those you serve and just being there providing something for someone. And yeah, those entrepreneurs, those businesses, help those people who just have purpose in their life, they're more chills. They're more relaxed. They're more just okay with life, adaptable. They allow things to happen. They evolve, they grow. Purpose is one of the most powerful things any of us can have. And it's completely unique to each and every one of us. Yeah, I really, I like that distinction you made, passion and purpose, because people follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life, you know, and do what you love. And it's like, hold on a minute. Okay, can we just come down from the clouds a little bit here and (laughs) base this in reality? Because, you know, that's really not reality, you know. But like you said, that make that distinction of purpose. What is the purpose? You know, I mean, it also, what what purpose also does, I find, is it, it purpose prevents burnout. You know, when yes. you've got the real mission and the real purpose, you're you're energized each day. You know, challenges come, you're energized because it's fueling your purpose. You know, as overcomes you can use, you can achieve that purpose and carry on that purpose. So I think it's that's a really, really great distinction to understand. And people need to write that down and you know, cross passion off and circle purpose. It's a great point. There's something else to it as well. Passion tends to be a very selfish thing. Like passion is for you and there's nothing wrong with that because i'm very much a believer you need to be selfish in order to be selfless you need to fill your own cup in order to fill other people's so having passion is important but passion is about you and yours it's about doing something that will light a fire within you purpose is less about you it's more about on those you serve so my purpose as a father is to be there for my children. And sometimes that is, you know, going against what I want. It's going against, you know, what I would like to do. But I have a purpose as a father. And once you find that purpose, especially in your business where you're truly serving someone and you're doing something for someone, it just takes it away from you. Like if you do purpose right, passion will still find you. You'll still find passion within the purpose. But purpose is always placed on them rather than passion remains on you yeah i mean that's just very very well said and it's it's to under it's really understanding that i think it's important and i do it as we create exit strategies for businesses or we start the, the original concept of a business i do a concept of creation course and we want to teach people this where we we spend a lot of time on those things because you've got to build when you're going to build something no matter what your business is you're going to work Okay, so you're going to put in, especially in the beginning, first year, 18 months, two years, you know, if you do it right, it's going to be the 50, 60 hours a week, maybe more, but you have a plan to dial that back, but it's that purpose that's going to get you through that, right? It's going to give you, like I said, it's going to give you the energy to drive through there. And then you're also going to build a business around purpose, right? So, so others can now get on board with your purpose. They're not going to get on board with your passion. Like yeah, you exactly. said, you know, it's it's very individual. That's a really good way to put it. It's very selfish in a, a good and bad way. But yeah, passion is, I have this passion for this thing. Well, most people don't share passions. They'll share purpose, right? We yeah. have a mission. I got a team. We're going we're gonna to make this, we're going to hit these goals. You know, we're going to cross this goal line and we're going to set the next one because that's going to feed our purpose. So I, I think it's, I just, I love it. You know, I don't want to, you know, 
you know, overdo it here, but it's just, I think it's a very, very important distinction that people need to realize that that purpose needs to be very well defined, you know, very, very well defined and understood deep inside you, you know, really go to those levels that that'll take you to really uncover what the true purpose is. And is that purpose sustainable? I think that's another aspect, right? You got to think about, you know, you can have a purpose, but if the purpose isn't sustainable over a long period of time, you know, because you have a purpose that, hey, I want to get to, you know, I want to get to the restaurant to eat. Well, that's my purpose. I'm hungry. Well, that's not going to, you know, <laughs> you're done. You got there, you ate, you're finished. Okay, purpose over. So you want to create something that's going to be longstanding, right? Even transferable legacy wise. You know, can you build something in a mission that's going to be that a, that a large organization can, you can build and get behind, right? And then have this and make these accomplishments. It's much more satisfying, I think, to all those on your team. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Excellent. So take it from there. So you've got the purpose that you get that dialed in. That's really good. So now people are, you know, when we're, we're talking about success and let's say it's, you know, the fictional journey here, um, you know, in your book, are you going through kind of the stages as you go through beyond the pale? Like they've got this purpose, but then you, you know, kind of, you know, just at the high level, what, what are we looking at as, as the journey, as the journey continues with your main characters here? It's an interesting one because uh, the book is kind of set. Uh, well, it's not set as stage one, stage two, and stage three, but as a writer, I created it that way where there's three stages throughout the book. And this book is also the first of a trilogy. So book one kind of is loosely focused on stage one, book two, stage two, and book three, stage three. And the three stages are awakening, ascension, and evolution. So in the beginning, when you meet Ferdinand, he's this, on the outside, looking in, a success story. And he believes he's a success story. He believes he's on the right path. He's yet to open his eyes. He's been going through the motions. He's been doing what he figures he needs to be doing. It's on the fast track of having a, you know, becoming a billionaire and having everything he figured he wanted. And then a conversation changes all this because it opens his eyes. It's the awakening. He begins to question his success. He begins to question his motives. He begins to question his purpose or indeed lack of, of a purpose that once was, but he's since and in recent times let go of. And as you open your eyes and you awaken, you can't unsee, you start to ask more questions. You dive deep, you strip one layer away and then another and then another. And it leads you into stage two, which is ascension. And that's the climbing of the mountain where you have no idea what you're going to find. You have no idea what will happen. And it's a scary stage because you're literally going, and here's where the name of the book comes from, beyond the pale. And you don't know what's on the other side of that pale. But you know that the only way to escape what your current situation is to climb that fence and to go beyond, or in this case, ascend up a mountain. And if you do that, you one day reach the, the summit and you are in stage three evolution where you're able to look down the mountain, see the journey you've been on, reflect, appreciate the wrong turns and where you could have gone differently, but appreciate how that wrong turn actually led you to a more effective route up the mountain. You're able to look down on where you started, that old house, which has got that fence 
around it and where that place where you lived in all that time and then you remember the day you stepped beyond the pale and then you started climbing that mountain and you're able to see way beyond the horizon where back way back when when you were in that house stuck inside that fence you couldn't see any of it so it's it's all new it's all fresh and you now know a completely new thing and we have all gone through these three stages multiple times in our life we believe one thing and one day something comes along or someone comes along or we just come along and we, we question it and then we go on a trip we go on a journey and we learn something more and we evolve we grow and we look back on who we were last month last year 10 years ago and we're like wow like you said earlier i can't believe i used to believe that i can't believe that's what i used to think i can't believe i used to think that was success but at the time it was real it was truth because you only knew what you knew so they're the kind of three stages of the book and over the course of the three books that's kind of the general process that people are going to go through and watch Ferdinand awaken ascend and evolve and yeah that's that's kind of the journey Oh, I love it. I, you know, I talk to a lot of business owners. Um, I coach them and I, I speak to them in general, whether it's podcasts or in person. And a lot of times you get this questioning, right? But you get a questioning like, here I've been doing this for 10 years or 15 years, or I took it over from my parents and I'm now running with the business. And, you know, they're questioning, is this really something I want to do? You know, because they're doing it the way it was done. Right. So there's another twist there. You know, they, 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 again, they take the baton from, say, a, a relative and they're going to run with the business and they just kind of keep going down the same lane, same track. Right. And then they don't realize that there's so much more. Like, where do I want to go with the business? So they'll come to me. I'm like, well, where do you want to go? What's the, you know, again, what's the purpose of the business? You know, before, you know, dad, mom had it and it was to make money. Right. They raised a family. They had this. They had, you know, they, they, their expectations were only set at a certain level and they were content with that, which, is, again, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's where they wanted to be, you know, and they, they pulled together. Now they've given it to you. And then you have to realize either you got to maintain the status quo or where are you going to take this? Are you going to grow it? You know, are you going to change what you actually do or what the case is? So it's kind of interesting as you're talking about that journey. That's another aspect I see with a lot of business owners. You know, they actually question, like, is this the thing I want to do for the next 20 years, 30 years, 10 years? Sell it. Is it I, I don't really even like this. I believe I've started businesses that I realized I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making money. I'm like, OK, this is pretty horrible. How soon can I get out of this? You know, and I really well, I, I created the, the immediate exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> well and it makes sense when you think about it because okay so day one you decide you're going to create a business and you're going to be a you know a consultant you've spent 20 years working in a corporate job so you know your job really well and you just feel like the time has come for you to work for yourself not have a salary you know step up and becoming a consultant is the obvious step because you've got the skills but at that point, you only know what you know. You don't actually know what it's like to be a consultant. So you're not, you don't have the benefit of hindsight. So you create the business based on what you believe the business needs to be. And you do it based on advice and mentorship and everything else. But you, you can only build it on what you know. Fast forward 10 years, is it really that surprising that you might want to change 
path that you actually don't want to be a consultant or you don't want to be consulting in the, in the standard way, but it actually looks different for you because you've spent 10 years living it. You've realized what you like versus what you don't like, and you couldn't have appreciated any of that until you experienced it, until you did it. So none of us have the benefit of hindsight. We have to go out there and do it. And sometimes that doing it journey can happen in the space of hours, but sometimes it requires years. And especially when it becomes years, it's easy to just become, I suppose, lethargic to the fact. You just start to assume that what is, is. There's no other way. You just take it for granted. You just go through the motions little by little. And then before you know it, a year's gone, two years gone, five years gone. And at some point you step back and go, yeah, all right, great. I'm making more money. This is good. This is good. But like, is this actually what I wanted? When I set out, is this where I wanted to be five, you know, like five years time? Is this, what it, is this where I want to be in the next 10 years? You know, am I actually happy with this? And a lot of the time you realize I like parts of it, but I hate other parts of it. So that's where the evolution comes. That's where the pivoting comes from. But it's impossible to start like that because in the beginning, you only know what you know. So to expect yourself to know more than what you know and to have the benefit of hindsight is illogical. So the fact that so many business owners make these big pivots several years into a business shouldn't be surprising. The fact that we as people make these big pivots at some point in time, a lot of the times, you know, people talk about midlife crises. Well, again, it's not that surprising when you think about it because you're making these massive decisions when you're in your early 20s, saying this is how I'm going to relive my life. And then 10, 15 years later, when you've actually lived it and you realize there's parts that you don't like, well, is it that surprising? No. Yeah, I, I like that. You know what? You know, I can, I can equate it to you've been given permission. Okay. Yeah. That time in, that time in, that five years, that 10 years, that is a permission slip for yes. you to make, to make a change, right? I mean, because people really yeah. think they're like, they're, they, they're, they're being disloyal or they're abandoning, you know, you know, their baby, you know, like their child, you know what I mean? They're like, well, I started that I was like that, you know, but then I had the big epiphany and I literally was burning my uniforms and everything else in a bonfire. Like I am done with this completely. I'm a little nutty, but I just, you know, I completely 180 degree turned away from it. And my friends were shocked and just disappointed. Like you're the best. You can't, how can you just walk? I'm like, I'm sorry. You don't understand but just this doesn't have the meaning that it used to. It doesn't, this is not what I want. This is not who I want to be. You know, I, I got it. And the only way I know how to do it is to, you know, jump off the cliff, you know, just cut it completely off. No weaning off this. I just got to completely cut it. And it makes for a tough restart. But again, the, the long end, now I have to learn again, like you said, right? I, now I only, now I didn't know what I, what I didn't know yet because I'm starting over again. So now I had to go through a new process like I did 20 years previous. Right. So that's, yeah. so I totally get it. It's a great way to look at it, you know, but again, I think having that permission, it's earned permission. You know, you put that time in and whether it's two years or 12 years, whatever, you know, that I think it's an important aspect of growing a business too. As I talked to a lot of owners, you know, there's a pivot can mean a, a massive growth to your business too. Yes. It may be in a different direction, or there's a big alter in kind of the, you know, the company format, but that's part of growth. So you got to be able to have that flexibility and that willingness and that permission to make those changes. Right. 
Yeah, it's it's one of the big things I hope people take from the book, this idea of, you know, these three stages, awakening, ascension, evolution. It's not a one and done thing. We've all been through those stages multiple times in our lives, personally, professionally, and the gray area in between. And we'll go through those stages naturally and sometimes in a more forced way again in, in the future. So these stages are natural but we've been there before we'll be there again and there's no one and done in all of this you won't just awake ascend evolve and that's it you may awaken ascend evolve and then as you're stood at the top of the summit looking down at where you've come from and realizing you are grown and you are in a better place be it your personal growth or your business and then you turn around and you look up and you realize this isn't the top of the mountain. There's actually a taller mountain right next to you. And you never knew that mountain existed when you were in your house, captured in, the, in that fence, because all you could see was this mountain. Right. And who knows, there might be a bigger mountain beyond that, but you can't see that other mountain right now. You don't know if it's there or not. It's like Pandora's box, right? Um, you don't know what's inside until you open it. So... You've got to climb that mountain to see what else is out there. So sometimes as you reach stage three evolution, it leads you straight into your next awakening. And these can all happen. This process can happen in a matter of days or weeks. So it could take decades. Yeah, you know, I've, I've climbed my Shura Mountains, real mountains. Okay, so the, <laughs> we, call it a, we call it a false summit. A false right? summit. You come yeah. around and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> you can't say anything. You're like, that's it, man. We're almost there, man. Let's go. And you're all keyed up. And you get there like, oh, I got like 600 more feet to go vertical. You know, whatever you're exhausted. So it's like the fall summit is a, is a, is a hard crusher. You, know, you hit those, you're like, oh. <laughs> so you get up. But the other point too, you get to the top, like you said. Another thing you can see from the top, you saw the way you came up, but you could also see a new way to come down. Yeah, you know, so there's there's a new 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 path to travel, you know, or you're hitting a saddle. We call it a saddle, right? So you hit a saddle to get up to that next peak. Well, look, we can go right from here. We don't have to go to the bottom. You know, we don't have to go back down to you know nine thousand feet to get back up to fourteen or fifteen thousand. I'm here at I'm here at fourteen now. I got to drop down to thirteen, and then buzz back up another thousand. So you start to see these different these different routes to take, like you're saying. I love that analogy just because I like climbing things, but it's a, uh, you know, it's just, it's really cool to, to kind of see that. And that is, you know, that's the journey, right? But that's we don't like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think anyone wants to be thrown off the top of the mountain again, fall 12,000 feet and they have to come yeah. back over. Okay. That's a little drastic. So, but again, that the ability to pivot, to look and get higher, to see a bigger picture, you know, to and see the, and this is true in business growth, but this is true in self-growth. And let's face it, everything that's happened in the last year with the pandemic and um, everything else, it, it's one of those little troughs that you mentioned, you know? We, you've reached a certain point and things were going well, but then this curveball was thrown your way and it's affected you emotionally or mentally or physically or financially or in terms of your business, maybe all of the above but you're not necessarily starting from rock bottom because you know more now than you did last year, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago from the beginning. So you can navigate a little better. You can allow yourself to 
drop down a little bit in order to rise back up and you're coming at it with with fresh eyes so yeah just be it i think this analogy works for me because it allows you to look at obstacles and adversity in a, in a different light too and you, you start to appreciate it it is a journey it is a path to be taken and at no point do you have full control over it there could be a landslide there could be something happened that means the route you were going to take is no longer available to you and maybe you took that route last time but something happened and you can't take it this time so you got to find a new way that's life and that's life in terms of your personal growth that's life in terms of your sort of growth with your family your friends your loved ones and that's growth in terms of your business you never have full control over the path you never know what the path is going to look like there will be ups there'll be downs and there will be numerous periods when you awaken, ascend, evolve, only to awaken, ascend, evolve, and rinse and repeat until it's the end of your days. Yeah, I like that. That's and it, it just what I what a big takeaway from that is just that you've got experience now, and and using the you know the pandemic in twenty twenty as as really the that pivotal moment. Like, okay, what do you do now? A lot of people were like slapped in the face with, you know, here you are today, tomorrow, everything changed. You know, it was a literal overnight. Okay. Everything shut down. You can't do, okay. You, you talk about scrambling, right? But if you got to keep your head, and again, if you take this, this perspective, we, we've just been talking about like, okay, what have I done to this point? Okay. I've got this, I got this in my toolbox. I got all this stuff that I've done. How do I take these tools and create the new direction? You know, how do, how do I attack this? You know, how do I approach people now? How do I, how do I overcome, you know, these restrictions that are now put on everybody and still, you know, make a living, feed my family and grow my business at the same time? Because if you take the experience aspect, like you're talking about, you look back, you know, for in America, the Great Depression, more millionaires mm. were created during that time than any other time in history, right? And, but you need to understand this aspect of history. So you're like, wait a minute. Now I got, now here I am, I'm looking for opportunity. There's opportunity in all this, you know, tragedy and this, in these restrictions, everything else, there's an opportunity and you got to find it because it's there, you know, and again, you take your toolbox that you've, you've gathered so far and you apply that. And I think you can, a lot of people, I know a lot of people I know in business have found opportunities, you know, they pivot their business and it's been life-changing for them. Their business has gone in that 180, still that business, but they found a whole new way to, provide it you know to deal with it to do everything and it's been it's been pretty amazing i really i i love that overcoming adversity aspect uh but again it was because of their 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 pre-built skills that they've acquired over the years of being in business yeah and in part it comes back to how we began this conversation and the focus on purpose because if you combine this outlook this idea of there's, there's chapters and you know you're on a on a journey up and down a mountain with purpose, if you combine those two things, it, it gives you a sense of permission, like you said earlier, to appreciate there's a bigger picture, to not always be stuck in a short-term reactive mode. If you only ever can see a few feet in front of you and you don't have a purpose which gives you that greater experience, then you're just going to constantly be worried about oh my God, this adversity is stopping my income stream today. 
and you panic and you do something, you say yes, you say yes, you say yes, you work longer and harder and just keep grinding those gears because you're just terrified of not making ends meet. You're terrified that it's going to be like this forever. But if you've got a bigger purpose and you appreciate that this journey is going to have its ups and it is going to have its down, it just allows you to take a bit of a step back and go, okay, today's hard. You know, this current environment, this current situation is hard. Maybe I do need to just downscale a little bit. Maybe I do need to half my workload or half my day because I've got to homeschool as well. or I'm not as productive because I'm not able to, you know, work in my usual environment. But that doesn't mean it's going to be like that always. It doesn't mean like it's going to be like this for months. Maybe I just need to do this for a few weeks. Maybe I have to tweak a little here, tweak a little there. And maybe it will have an impact on my short term. But it's not going to have an impact on my medium or long term. If anything, it might have a greater positive impact on those because I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to do that. So it just takes you away from that constant short term reactive mode, which I believe is one of the key components of the hustle culture that we live in, constantly reacting, constantly just compulsive, like, oh, jump on this bandwagon, jump on this. That person's doing this, so I need to do. And it just take a step back and you're like, what's my purpose? You know, what are the paths am I on? There are going to be ups, there are going to be down. This is okay. I know more than I used to know. I'm heading in the right direction. I don't need to panic. And let's face it, if we all made decisions outside of panic zone, we're, we're over a long term, we're going to be leading a much happier life, a much more progressive life compared to if we're always panicking, always reacting. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, speaking of that, escaping the hustle, hustle aspect, let's talk about that for a minute because, uh, you know, the, the buzzwords, you know, hustle and grind, hustle and grind. I just, I, I can't even stand to hear the words. <laughs> I'm so sick of it because it's just this, it's like a lot of motivational things. You know, I, I think they're saying that to people who are, who are deaf, right? They're not going to hear it. You don't have to tell me to hustle and grind. Okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been business 30. I, I know what it takes to build a business. I know what it takes to work. I have an excellent. I don't need to be told into hustle and grind more. Okay, that seems like a cop out to me, in a sense. You know what I mean? You're, you're, it, it's just work harder kind of thing. And not smarter and not, you know, what are you actually doing? It's just kind of this, as you can tell, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't yes. like the saying. So, so talk, talk to us that. a bit about escaping that nonsense. Okay. Well, it's centered around everything we've talked about. It begins with this notion of purpose. I mean, the way I see it is, um, like if you, if you commit yourself to less, then you can focus more, right? We only have a set finite amount of minutes each day, 1,440, adds up to 10,080 minutes a week. So... That's all you've got. And you can utilize other people and you can delegate and you can work in more effective ways and work smarter, you know, to do it. But that's still the time you've got, okay? And that's it. Once a minute's gone, it's gone. So if you keep on going to the latest platform, the social media platform, it just takes away time from something else. And there's only so much time that you have to spare anyway. And a lot of people don't have anything to spare too. So for me, this whole nurture, this whole sort of notion of like work, hustle harder, grind, grind the gears, you know, always beyond, it, it just, 
it just doesn't add up because when you break it down and start adding up the numbers, they literally don't add up. But for me, when I talk about the hustle, it goes much deeper than this, this uh, aspect of how hard you work or how smart you work or whether you're committed enough or not. For me, it just comes down to giving yourself that permission to switch off. I think this has always been an issue, probably with people throughout the history of humans being on this earth. But it's more prevalent now than ever because of the, of the world that we live in. We're, we're connected all the time. So at any moment, you can just pick up your phone and check your emails. You're connected to your work. At any moment, you can just slide a thumb to the right, boom, you're on Facebook, and you're able to compare your life with dozens of other people's. And all this will take place in minutes. And all this takes place habitually, unconsciously. You're just doing it. So you can be really proud of yourself. You can have had a really great productive day, and then you just destroy it by comparing yourself to someone else, an edited version of their life, by all means. And you're just constantly connected. You're unable to switch off. You're unable to relax. You're unable to be present in the moment, even for your own self-work and your own growth and spiritual being, and but also there for your kids, there for your loved ones, there for your friends. You're just always switched on. You're incapable of switching off. And for me, that's the hustle. And to an extent, I think we're all at the mercy of that because of the world that we live in. It's, it's hyper-interactive. It's hyper-connected. So it's really difficult. And for me, that, that's the hustle. And when I talk about a hustle, it's all about just being connected, being unable to switch off and being conscious of that. That for me is, is like the, the first step to escaping the hustle is to just be conscious of the fact and be like, yeah, that is the world we live in. That's, that's tough. Being conscious of it and being aware of it makes all the difference. Beyond that purpose, because then if you're able to constantly bring it back to the purpose and like, all right, well, if I want to go on that new social media platform, is it going to be in alignment with what I'm actually driving towards? And if it is, then okay, it's worth considering. If not, push it away. And every time you're tempted to pick up that phone, you're just serving my purpose. And often the answer is no. So it just gives you permission to put the phone down. It gives you permission to do something for yourself or to do something for those you love or to switch off from your work because being switched off from your work, lo and behold, doesn't make you a bad entrepreneur. It doesn't make you a business owner destined for failure. It just doesn't. Yeah, I, that, that is really well said. I think um, commit to less, focus on more. That's a big one. That's, that's like put that on the wall. Okay, that's a big takeaway right there. That's so well said. Uh, and it's, in, it, it, it's right on point. You truly commit to less right? Then you're able to focus on more. Like you're saying, you don't commit to doing that. If you're not committed to having a check in Facebook every, you know, 27 minutes or every two and a half minutes, you know, then you can get more done. You know, you just force yourself to stay off there. It was interesting. I was, uh, a friend of mine was commenting, she was at a concert and she said, you know, I'm here at the concert and you know, it's whoever it was, it's a rock concert. And she said, but everyone's got their phones and they're up and they're like videotaping, right? She goes, they're literally at a concert watching it through a periscope. 
And I thought that is like the best analogy ever. And like, they don't get the experience. They think, they think you're not capturing Jack on the phone. Okay. You're not going to go home and go, Oh, this is low. Let me just relive this. Cause it's not the same. They're not even living the experience. They're not taking all, all their senses aren't being activated. You know, they're, they're looking at their phone. It's like, it's bizarre. Okay. It, it truly is bizarre. You know, people will be jumping up and down and just bumping at each other and sweating and they're, everyone's jamming out. It's a great time. And you go back and you have this memory of this experience because your whole, everything about you experienced, experienced it. But now you're standing there with a phone held up at eye level, watching it through your phone. I mean, you're, it's moronic. you know it's just crazy it is but i've i've done it and i imagine just about everyone listening if they're honest with themselves there might be a few who can say no i've never done something like that but it's it's part of the world we live in and it's really difficult to just say no to that the temptation is going to be there you know it's your kid's birthday and i experienced both my kid's birthday the uh, a couple of weeks ago close to each other and what happens when it's time to bring out the cake and with lighting candles you know one of us is recording it and in a sense that's great because we're recording it for the memories and we want to watch it back later but you're documenting it at the expense of living it and how often do we do that doing it for your kid's birthday probably like okay in part it's okay because you're capturing a moment and you're able to share it for the future. But a lot of the times we're doing stuff like that. I'm just going to capture the moment so I can share it on social media. So I can prove something to someone so I can, you know, be present so I can show yeah. that I was present rather than just experiencing the moment. We're trying right. to capture the moment for someone else. And it's, it's the premise of that. It's not using the example of capturing a birthday song or anything like that. It's just the premise of, we often, at the expense of living the moment, capture the moment for someone else. And for me, that is one of the key aspects of hustle culture. Rather than yeah, just it's, being, we're, we're doing stuff. Right. It's that, you know, it's two things. First, it's, you know, they're documenting a whole lot of nothing. Okay. It's, they're documenting irrelevance is what they're documenting. But at the same time, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, quite a bit older than you, but as a kid, I always told you, yeah, imagine if you had to pay for that film. Okay. If you were, you were taking pictures, like we used to have to do and go get them developed and wait and see if you even got the picture, right. You're thinking twice yeah. about taking 37 pictures, right. That's a oh, whole yeah. role plus, right. So you're, you're a little more, so you, the pictures are actually better because they're like, you know, okay, they got it and they put that sucker down because they're not going to run around trying to get, you know, 97 pictures so they can keep one. You know, it's so a, it's a really great point. Sorry, I'll just sorry. It's such a great point, and it's why I was saying where it's more prevalent than ever, and it's the perfect analogy. Back when I was a kid, you know, if you took thirty pictures, like you had to be careful of the pictures you took because you had one roll of film on holiday, so you were careful about the pictures you took. Now, you don't need to be careful. Because we have our phones, it's digital. We could take hundreds, thousands, it doesn't matter. And as such, we take more and more and more and more, little by little, but they all add up and they waste time. And we have so much that we very rarely look through the pictures. Whereas when the packet of film came back all fully developed when I was a kid, everyone in the family would you know, be passing it around so you could look at the family pictures. 
So because we, the world we live in, there's so many more opportunities. The barriers to enter this business and that business, to do this, to do that, are so small. It's so easy for us to say yes to this and yes to that. And on the surface, it feels like, well, I can say this. It'll only take me a couple of minutes. But once you say yes to it once, you're more prone to say yes to it again. And you start falling down that rabbit hole. And it just leads to wasting time. And rather than experiencing it, you're documenting it. And for me, that's the hustle. That's it. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, and again, it's in a lot of there's a lot of motivation you talked about earlier with comparison, the comparison culture. You're looking for that one shot that'll go viral. Oh, I got the yes. most amazing. I got yes. I got the light just right on my hair, and I, you know, I got the perfect sweater on, and all that nonsense. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just look at that, like I try to do it with my kids. Like, come on now. Can we stop the selfies? Okay, no, stop puckering the lips. <laughs> That's enough. Okay, we, no, no one cares. You know, trust me, you're gonna you're gonna feel like an idiot in 20 years when you look at these things if you still have them. You know, but it's all good. <laughs> They're kids. You know, <laughs> That's what they do. So, man, I've I've loved this, Matthew. This has been really just a cool, just a cool kind of introspective look here at purpose at escaping the hustle. I love how you're putting this stuff into a trilogy of all things, not just one book. You're my kind of guy. Don't do one, do three. If one's good, three's even better. So like, I love that aspect, you know, and I, I love your understanding of being in the moment, you know, and, that, and that's what really escaping the hustle is, is really understanding where those wasted minutes are going, you know, what's sucking them right out of your, right out of your life, you know, and it's important to understand that it's like anything when you get, when you get a realization that this is happening, that's when you're able to do something about it. You know, so having this discussion about this is going to wake people up. They're going to start to realize next time they grab that phone, they're going to look at it. Now, hopefully that'll last in more than five minutes or the one time they look at it. But, you know, they'll, they'll understand they're looking at their phone during commercials on TV. You know, while they're mm -hmm. waiting for someone, they, they have to stop for one minute to get in someone, they pull their phone out and they start doing that, you know, and it's just escapism. You know, they're yeah. not focused on anything important in their day. They're in fo they're focused on other people's stuff, you know, and it's, 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 it's a shame. And it's, and we all need this lesson. I'm not doing the holier than thou by any means, you know, but it's, I, I do try to be very conscious of it. A lot of times I catch myself, my kids, we didn't even give my kids phones till they're 14, you know, 13, 14 years old. They couldn't even have one, you know, and I shouldn't have even done it then. <laughs> I'm regretting it already, you know, but we have pretty good control on it. But I, I always give them this lecture that we just talked about, you know, the same thing. Listen, you got to put those down, man. Let's be here. You know, let's be here in the moment, you know? So it's, it's, it's been a great time and this has been fantastic. So when does the new book come out? Is that, is the first one come out yet? The Beyond the Fail? Well, it depends on when um, you're listening to this, of course, but the uh, the sort of main launch is in August 2021. So that's kind of when it's hitting the bookstores and everything, but the, it will be available by ebook in May. And right now there's a sample that can be downloaded and that sample will remain on the website ongoing and that's beyondbook.co. Gives you a bit more of an insight into the book, a bit of the video. Um, so yeah. About me, about about the book, about the premise of it, as well as getting hold of the samples too, so you can see whether it's worthy of your bookshelf or not. Oh, that's awesome! I, I love the strategy. I like book strategy, right? So you don't just here. Oh, guess what? Tomorrow, here you want a book? 
<laughs> you, gotta, you got the build up. I like that. Okay. It's a good business principle. You know, let's, let's, let's create some excitement. Let's get some interest. Let's build it up for the launch. It'll be that much better for your book launch. So that's awesome. Well, I will put all that information in the show notes for the listeners. So any other way they want to get in touch with you, contact you, follow you, get your other books. Um, you can either share that right now. Plus, of course, I'll put them all in the show notes as well. Or did you pretty much cover it? Just uh, throw out whatever you need to throw out, Matthew. It's just beyondbook.co. So that's .co, not .com. Beyondbook.co has info about me, links to Instagram, the private anti-hustle Facebook group, which takes a lot of the aspects dealt in the book into the sort of real world and allows us to dissect it in more detail. And so, yeah, beyondbook.co and you'll get all the info. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I do appreciate you taking this time to be with us, my listeners, all the way from Yorkshire, Northern England. I love it. I am global. I've got, I got the Philippines. I got Israel. I got the UK. I got Ireland. I've got Australia. I just, I'm feeling just, I'm up there. I'm standing on the desk right now. I feel so good. It's amazing. So it's just, it's so good just to reach people from so many places with just so much great stuff to add to the business world and just helping others. I just love it. It's awesome. Well, I love it too. And I really value you and having me on today. It's been an absolute pleasure and thank you. Absolutely, man. We'll, we'll catch up again when that book launches or you get ready for book two. We're going to, we're going to get you back on. We're going to talk about the, the book two and the trilogy because I'll be interested in hearing about that as well. I look forward to it. Awesome. Thank you, Matthew. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the E-Top Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with E-Top on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.